Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. And uh, I want to share with you a, a story uh, as we get started together. Uh, I have an eight-year-old son. His name is Nathaniel. And, and this past week, uh, thank you guys. These guys are going to be doing a little bit of setup. And, and thank you. We appreciate you. And I'll take that music stand as well. This past week, uh, Nathaniel came into my room. And I was praying and I was reading. It was early in the morning. And he came in all excited and he said, Dad, I just had the best dream. I said, what was it, bud? Tell me about it. He's like, well, I had a dream that I got Mario Odyssey. That's what he wants for Christmas, okay? He, and he's like, it was so awesome. And then he goes, but, but then I woke up from the dream. I was like, oh, he's, and this is what he said. But it's okay because I know in 12 days, my dream will come true. <laughs> So I said, how do you know that your dream is going to come true in 12 days? He said, well, I asked Santa for Mario Odyssey. And if you ask Santa, and if your parents say yes, that's exactly what he told me. He came up with this. And if your parents say yes, your dream will come true. I said, I'm going to have to talk to Santa about that. And then I, I ended up talking to him and I said, Nate, I want to tell you a story about someone who had a dream and it didn't come true. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about this morning, about dreams not coming true. Because I believe that this room is filled with some incredible people, the finest that Long Island has to offer. I'm so glad that you're here today, and I believe that this room is filled with dreams. All of us came here with different dreams in our hearts. And I want to tell you the story of someone who had a dream, and that dream did not come true, because all of us are dreaming. So let me ask you this question. What are you dreaming about? What are you dreaming about? Think about it. And I, and I kind of came up with some uh, dreams and I have them here on these ornaments. So maybe for you, your dream is to start a business. And for you, you've been working hard at that and you want to get a business started. It, it could be uh, you don't want to start a business, but you just want, these little hooks don't want to play nice with me, a successful career. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I want to I wanna be accomplished. I want a successful career. Uh, I want my parents to be healthy. Maybe you're in a season of life right now where you're caring for your parents. And really your dream is, I just, I want my parents to be healthy. How about this one? To have children. It could be that for you, you've been married for a while now, or you've been with someone and you're saying, I just, I want to have children. Uh, it could be this. You just want to get 100 likes on a post just once. <laughs> Just once, if one of my videos would get 100 likes, man, that would be awesome. Uh, maybe you have children and your dream is for them to be happy. You're just saying if my kids could, could be happy, if they could enjoy life, maybe for you, you're renting a home right now and you say our dream is simply to own our own home. Man, if we could get out of this rental situation, if we could own a home, there's a lot of dreams in here. A healthy marriage. If you're married today, you're saying, you know what? It's been tough. It's been rough. We don't really get along the way we used to. My dream is simply for us to have a healthy, healthy marriage or, or this one. For many of us, I believe, be cancer. Either for you or for a loved one, for a family member, that the dream this holiday season is, oh, if they could just beat cancer. What you can notice about these dreams is there's nothing inherently wrong with any of these dreams. 
these are great dreams to have. All of us have dreams. Uh, my favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody like It's a Wonderful Life? A couple hands. Okay, the rest of you, we're going to pray for you today. You'll like it by the end of the day. I love It's a Wonderful Life. It's a little hard to get into. It's an older movie. It's in black and white. But it tells the story of a man named George Bailey. And George Bailey lived in Bedford Falls, just this no-name town, kind of nothing big ever happens there. His family runs the building loan company where it's just small town. And George has some big dreams. George says, I'm not staying in Bedford Falls any longer. I want to do something big with my life. If you've never seen the movie, today you're going to see a little piece of it. Take a look at the screen and see the dreams that George Bailey has for his life. So I got some inside information. I think she wished he would stop talking. I mean, just, that's just my opinion there. You know, George has all these great dreams and you and I have great dreams. And my children, my son who's eight, my daughter who's six, they, they have dreams. And again, dreaming is good. In fact, here at Blaze Church, we often say you were created on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose is great. Like when God made you, he didn't cut corners. He made the very best you and there's only one of you. And you have incredible dreams for your life. If you're a student in this space, you're early in your life, you're dreaming about what life will look like in your relationships, your career, any season and stage of life, we have dreams. But here's the problem with dreams. Every dream comes prepackaged with this problem. Not all dreams come true. Every dream has that attached to it. You hear that? That's Jesus, he's trying to get your attention. Send a message. Every, every dream comes packaged with, well, what if? What if it doesn't? So here's my question for you and the question we need to talk about this morning. What do you do when dreams don't come true? What do you do when dreams don't come true? Would you read that with me? What do you do when dreams don't come true. You and I have a response when our dreams don't come true. Now, there's some dreams that when they don't come true, after some acknowledgement of the disappointment and processing it, we can, we can kind of cope. Like we can say, okay, I went for it. It didn't happen, but I'm not like devastated. Here's one, kids to be happy. Right? At some point, we might say, you know what? I just can't control their happiness. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this dream. I mean, I, just, I came to a realization that you know, it's okay. I want the best for them. But at the end of the day, I just can't, I can't control it. Get 100 likes on a post. I mean, you came close. You got 88. You said, you know what? Dream accomplished. We're good. We're good. I mean, I, I, I can take care of that. Uh, owning your own home. It might be a great dream that you have. But you've come to just understand, you know what? In this season, I'm going to rent. I'm going to live where I am. I'm going to be thankful. It's disappointing. And, and I can kind of deal with it. Starting a business, you gave it your best shot. You did the best you could. And you say, you know what? Maybe just, just not now. I can, I can understand that. But there's other dreams in our lives that when they don't come true, here's what happens. We lose 
we lose hope. For some of you today, that dream of having a child is not coming true, and it is so hard. And you're losing hope in the process as you watch the dream start to fail. For your parents to be healthy, you're doing all the care you can. You're praying for them, you're visiting them, you're caring for them, and you're just watching this dream start to fade, to beat cancer. You're fighting, you know someone who is, and when this dream doesn't come true, you lose hope, a successful career. You put everything into this. You went to school for it. You got the degree. You got the company that said there is job security. This one will never go away. And it did. For some, it's the healthy marriage. And the person that you said I do to doesn't seem to be saying I do any longer. And you're watching the dream fall apart. And when those dreams fall apart, those dreams, we lose hope. And hope lost is never good. Have you seen someone lose their hope before because a dream failed? Maybe it's you. Maybe just the fact that you're here this morning is such a big deal because you came into this space hopeless because you were dreaming and it's not happening. George Bailey had all of those dreams that he talked about. And you know what? Not one of them came true. He never left Bedford Falls his father ends up having a stroke, and so he takes over the family business. He ends up marrying that woman, Mary, and guess what? They live in that rundown house that they threw rocks at. They have four children there, and life is mundane, and it is repetitive, and none of his dreams are coming true, and George is at the end of his rope. Hope lost. And on one particularly tough day, he comes home from the office and he's done. He's through with life. He's over it because everything he hoped for hasn't come true. Take a look at George's day. Maybe that is you today. I know every year I watch this movie and every year I find myself in this movie questioning if I've attached my hope to things around me and if there is a better place to anchor my hope to. Is there a place for you and I this Christmas season to anchor our hope in that even if none of our dreams come true, we don't have to live hopeless? Could it be that that is the message of Christmas? So I, I shared with you that I wanted to tell you the story of one who had a dream and the dream didn't come true. The same story I shared with my son this week, and I'd like to do that now with our time. And it's not George Bailey, although we're looking at his story as well. I want to share with you the story of a young Jewish man that had a dream for his life, and in one moment that dream was shattered. It was taken from him. And we find in his story he still has 
hope. And my prayer for you today is that you would know this truth, that even if every dream comes true or every dream falls apart, there is a hope for you this Christmas. So let me share with you this story. It is found in the first book of the New Testament, which is called Matthew. And right at the beginning of these pages, the author Matthew writes about Christ coming to this world. And he writes about two young people named Joseph and Mary. Here's their story. Matthew chapter one, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Maybe you've heard this text before. It's familiar to us around the Christmas season. Uh, maybe you've heard of Mary and Joseph before and the birth of Christ, yet maybe we've read it so much that we forget we're not reading a fiction story. We're reading about two people that existed. Two young people that were engaged to be married that had their whole lives ahead of them. So if you're married today or you know someone who is, or maybe you're engaged today, you might know that feeling of that young engaged couple. And they're going to Michael's and they're picking out their centerpiece things and they're getting their boxes and they're going to the venue and they're trying cake and it's going to be awesome. And the invitations are going out and they're looking forward to their wedding day and they're dreaming of the life they'll live together and where they'll live and the family they may start. And all of those dreams that a young couple would have dreams that Joseph would have had about one day marrying his fiance Mary and starting a family together and the reputation they'll have with their community and in the first century being known by everyone in that town and in a moment the dream is lost for a normal wedding for a normal marriage for a normal family it's gone. Mary is pregnant. And can you just speculate how that conversation went between Mary and Joseph? Joe, I've been faithful to you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Says otherwise. <laughs> no, don't worry. This was Jesus. This was God. This was the Holy Spirit. What are you, are you crazy? <laughs> like, Let's not skip this too fast. Joseph's world is falling apart, as is Mary's. Neither of them asked for this. This was not the plan. This was not the dream. They had a dream, and it did not involve carrying the Messiah of the world. And in this culture, this shame and honor society, the only way to break off an engagement, which was way more binding in the first century than it is today, was either death or divorce. That was it. And the whole town would know that Mary was either unfaithful to Joseph or Joseph had sex with her before they were married. Either way, there's shame being heaped on this young couple now. Dreams lost. So Joseph decides the only way that I can salvage some of this is I've got to go through with the divorce, but I'll divorce her privately. Meaning, although he has the right to bring her before the town and the courts and even recover the dowry that he would have paid her family, he says, I'll, I'll lose. Let's just, let's just take care of this quietly. And our lives will be marked by this moment now. 
and we'll just get on with our lives. But before he has a chance to execute his plan, he gets news. He gets word of what's going on. And if we would lean into the words that Joseph hears, that's recorded for us to hear this morning, my hope is that you and I would find hope outside of broken dreams. Look at what Joseph hears. But after he had considered this, after he's out of options, after he's had his plan made, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph's dream is gone and now the angel's appearing in a dream. It's kind of like a dream in a dream and I don't know if that dreidel's gonna stop spinning or not. And Joseph, son of David, the angel says, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because he is afraid because he knows what that means. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And if this morning you hear those words and you think, well, that's just crazy. Yes, it is. (laughs) And Joseph would have thought the same thing. I'm not here to try to defend something. Joseph would have had the same reaction that maybe many of you have today if you're skeptical. Well, that just sounds crazy. How am I supposed to believe that? My dream is gone. And now you're trying to tell me that this is the reason why my dream is gone? What do you do when dreams don't come true? We all have a response. And Joseph had a plan. But Joseph ends up listening to the angel's word and he takes Mary to be his wife. And Christ comes and he's born. What we need to ask today is why? What did he know that maybe you and I thousands of years later might know so that when dreams are gone, hope is not? How many would love to have hope this Christmas season? Probably all of us. Hope despite the dreams being fulfilled or lost. So let's see what Joseph was told. Let's read back through it because there's some truths that the angel says to him that wasn't just for him, it's for you today. It's for me. It's so that we might anchor our hope in a place outside of our dreams. The first thing the angel said, verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Do you know what the problem is with the angel's address? Joseph's dad's name wasn't David. It was Jacob. Do you think maybe Joseph's like, whew, he got the wrong Joseph. My dad's name's Jacob. This is some other dude you're trying to mess with. (laughs) Go find him. I mean, you can read the genealogy. It's actually recorded the few verses before. We read in Matthew chapter one that Jacob's son was Joseph. So then what in the world? Is this angel got the wrong mailing address? Like what's wrong here? Who's David? Well, If you were to look through Joseph's family tree, which in this culture meant everything, you got your worth and your pedigree based on who your dad was, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, you would be able to trace your family line in this culture. So if you went back 24 greats, 
If you said great, 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 24 times from Joseph, you would come to a man named David, the son of Jesse. David, maybe you know him as David, the one who took down Goliath, King David of Israel. Well, David was the one that God said, I'm making a covenant with you, and one day you will have a king reigning in your line, and his rule shall never end. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That David was Joe's dad. So when the angel shows up and says, Joseph, son of David, I believe what the angel is saying to Joseph is you had a plan for your life, but you forgot I have a bigger plan for your life. I'm doing something through you. Yes, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to endure the shame and disdain of the society around you. But the one who is born to Mary, he will endure so much more shame for the world. I'm doing something bigger. Could it be that you and I get so fixed on our dreams that we forget to surrender them to the God who sees all of eternity? Who says, I know you've got that dream and I love it and it's cute, but I got something bigger for you. I'm doing something. If I tried to show you, you wouldn't even believe me. Could it be? And I know that may not bring us much comfort when we look at some of these dreams that our hope is attached to, to say, but why? So let's keep reading. Let's keep listening. How did Joseph end up obeying the angel? What else was said to him? Well, what did we read? Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Okay. Something else lost on us today in 2022 keep forgetting. It just always feels like 2020 to me. Anybody else? <laughs> it's weird. Something that's lost on us today. In this culture, in the first century, in this patriarchal society, it was the father's absolute right to name the firstborn, especially the male. It was his right alone. It's just what it was. Because again, as we see, you trace your honor and your identity through your family tree. So Joseph would have had the right to name this child. But the angel says, you are to give him the name Jesus. Do you know what the angel's communicating there? Joseph, if Jesus is going to be in your life, you need to lay down your rights. You don't get to name him. He gets to name you. You don't get to be his manager. He gets to manage you. That's how Joseph would have received that. What do you mean, give up my right to name this child? He's coming into your life to do something so great, but you won't experience if you don't, here's the word, surrender. You'll keep chasing your personal dreams and you will miss Jesus in the process if you're not willing to surrender. And you will be on a hope roller coaster with every moment. When Jesus has come to say, I want to be the Lord of your life, surrender. Why would we do that to someone? Why would you surrender your rights to Jesus today? What could possibly cause you and I to lay down our rights to him? And it's found in this verse. Because of why Jesus came. To save his people from their sins. Oh, I wish this verse was different, Joe. I wish the verse said that Jesus came to fulfill my dreams. I wish the verse said that Jesus is kind of like a genie that when I pray, I rub the lamp and Jesus does whatever I need. 
And if my prayer doesn't come true, then God must not be real. But it doesn't say that. It says Jesus came for a greater purpose to save you and I from our sins. That takes some acknowledgement. That means you and I have to acknowledge we need rescue, we need saving. We need to acknowledge the reason Jesus came to this world is not to make bad people good or good people gooder. Better. Some of you English people just had a heart attack. Does he know gooder's not a word? Jesus came to make lost people found. He came to make dead people alive. He came to save us from our sins and to make us new. That's why he came. The Messiah, the anointed one, he came. This Christmas, what you need to know is you don't need a dream fulfiller. You need a savior. I need a savior. Well, then what about my dreams? Do I just throw these? God doesn't care about my dreams. What about them? Oh, no, no. There's one more verse. What about our dreams? Where's Jesus in the midst of heartache, in the midst of pain, in the midst of wins and and success? Where is he? Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, could you say these three words with me? God with us. Where is he? When the dream falls apart? When the marriage doesn't seem so healthy, where is he? He's with us. Where is he when your successful career and everything you put into that is gone? He's with us. Where's Jesus when she died? He's with you. Hope that goes beyond the pain and the heartache. Yeah, but if he was here, then why did she go? I don't know. I don't but he's with you. There is a hope that you and I need that has to outlive the dreams when they don't come true. When our dreams break, he's still with us. And when every dream that you have for your life or your children comes true, he's still with you. His presence doesn't change based on your plan. God's plan was to send the son to the world to be with us. Now, there's a question that we have to ask that the text makes us ask in this moment. Here's the question. Who is the us? Who is the us? Who is he with? So to answer that, let's just think about the Christmas story for a second. Who was he first with? Some ordinary, no-name Jewish teenagers. They were nothing special. They had nothing great to offer. God didn't choose Mary because she was somehow more blessed or holy than anyone else. Nope. He was just with them. When Jesus was born, you know the first people that came to the worship service in the the manger, who they were? Unschooled, stinky shepherds. Disregarded. Outcasts. Please don't let your kids' Christmas pageant pretty up what shepherds were. They were messy No one, no parent said, I just hope little Jerry grows up to be a shepherd someday. That would make the family proud. It was like, Jerry can't read. Jerry can't write. Jerry's getting into trouble after school. Jerry's going to end up in jail. Put him out in the fields. At least he won't hurt anybody. That's fine. That's it. Sheep will teach him. So those guys were the us. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit. 
Again, I'm going to mess with your nativity set. I'm sorry. You may call them wise men. You can call them three kings. History tells us they were more likely Babylonian idolatrous astrologers that worship the stars and God intervenes by giving them what they most need to lead them to the savior of the world. Sinners. Don't tell your kids that. That's okay. Just we three kings of Orient are. Keep singing it. You're good. You want to be a wise man or an idolatrous astrologer, Jimmy? All right. But that's the us. So, okay, here's what we need to understand though. Because the gospel is incredibly inclusive and exclusive at the same time. For God so loved the world. But understand, the us are those that come to the Savior with no merit, no good works to stand on, no I deserve this, Jesus. The us are those who humble themselves and surrender their lives to the Savior. So here's what that means for you today. If today you're in this space or online and you're saying, you know what, I'm a good person and I'm good enough without Jesus. And Jesus is good for some, he's just not for me. And, and you know, I'm, I just, I help people. I wouldn't call myself a sinner. That's kind of offensive. I don't know that I need a savior. I'm more like God loves everyone. God's gonna love me and, and, and I'm not surrendering my life to Jesus. If that's your heart today, you need to know then you are not the us. And that may feel exclusive. However, God's inviting you to be the us. He's saying, why don't you lay your life down and surrender to me? But if you're going to hold on to your life and your dreams and you're going to clinch fist it and say, no, I've got this. I'm good without Jesus. I'll give him some of me, not just all of me. You are forfeiting the hope and the peace and the joy that is found in a life surrender to Jesus. And you will continue to ride the wave up and down with every high and every low throughout your life, attaching your hope to things around you. When there is a savior who has come to rescue you from your sin so that despite what happens in your life, you have a hope that outlives every moment. You have a savior. Why would you not surrender to him today? But you get to choose. It's God and his grace. What about George Bailey? What happened to our buddy George? Well, after that moment, George concluded that the only option for him was suicide. Because hopelessness is never good. Maybe today those thoughts are in your mind. And can I just speak to you? God has such a plan for your life. And he loves you. And the fact that you're here today is an act of his grace saying, do not throw your life away. God loves you. And you are way better than your failures in the father's eyes. He loves you. George didn't know that. And so he plans his suicide. And God intervenes by sending this clunky, horrible angel named Clarence. The dude doesn't even have his wings yet. He's working on it. And Clarence shows George what his life would be like if he was never born. And George comes to a realization. My life has value and purpose. And he cries out to God and to Clarence to give him his life back. Take a look at this last scene of the movie.
Come on, can we celebrate that? Isn't that awesome? To see life change in someone. Do you know what's interesting? Not one of George's dreams came true. Not one of his external circumstances changed. What changed? He did. And he had Clarence the angel. And you and I have been given the savior of the world. What we celebrate on a screen, a picture, fiction, is real for you and I today. This Christmas that God sent his son to this world so that you would have hope. And I am urging you and imploring you with everything inside of me, knowing ultimately it depends on the Holy Spirit and on your response to surrender. This Christmas, I know some of your stories. I know the hopelessness. I know the devastation. I know the pain. I know the heartache. I know the dreams that haven't come true. And I'm praying that today you would find yourself under Jesus. Symbolically, if you would be this tree and the ornaments are your dreams, may you find yourself surrendered to the star, to Christ. So let me say this, keep dreaming. I mean, come on. Where's that, where's that 100 likes, man? I want that. Keep going for it. Put it on the tree. God, if it's your will, because my hope is found in you, because I'm trusting in you. Pray, believe. And at the same time, we surrender to a God who sees the whole picture and has the best plan for our lives. The one who sent a savior to this world. You and I need hope this Christmas that outlasts the dream. Jesus came for you. Will you today acknowledge him as your savior? Uh, we have something for everyone to take home with them. Welcome team, if you would come forward. They're gonna come up with some buckets and these buckets are all filled with little star ornaments. Uh, and so I'm gonna ask if everybody, you're gonna get a bucket. We're gonna just kind of pass them up and down the rows. And so they'll come around. I want you to take that star ornament home with you. And I want it to remind you of the fact that Jesus came to this world so that you might be saved. Jesus came to this world so that your sins might be forgiven. As you hold this star in your hands, as you look at it, as you put it on your tree, that you would remember this Christmas season, who I most need is a savior. One who has saved me from my sins. One who came so that I might be forgiven. Jesus, the hope of the world. I wanna ask you this morning, when it comes to who is the us, are you the us? What does that mean? It's what we said. Have you acknowledged that you need a savior? Have you confessed with your mouth, God, I am a sinner and I need saving. How good is good enough? Not good enough. We need a savior. And so heaven came here for you and I. And at Christmas, we sing, oh, come let us adore him. We remember Christ the Lord. If you've got your ornament, I'm gonna ask you if you bow your head right now in a moment of prayer. And they're still going around. We'll make sure everyone gets one before you leave. Once you have your ornament, if you would, 
might be foreign to you, would you bow your head with us as we're gonna pray as a church this morning? And I wanna ask you, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he your savior? Have you confessed, God, forgive me of my sins? Maybe today throughout this message, there's been something stirring in your heart. Well, we believe that that's God, that he's saying, I want you to be mine. I want you to be my child. I sent my son to this world to die for you so that you might be forgiven, so that you might be made new. And today is a day for you to respond. December 18th is not just a day for us to come and have a church service. It's a day for us to put our hope in Jesus, the savior of the world. And so I wanna ask you this morning, would you like to know Jesus as your Lord and savior? Would you like for this Christmas, for you to know without a doubt that you are saved, that your sins are forgiven and that Christ has made you new. And if that's your desire, I wanna pray with you right where you are in your seat. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand as a sign to God to say, God, I wanna be saved today. Yeah, don't be be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed in this moment. You're saying, I want Jesus to be my savior today. God's doing a work right now in your heart. You're never gonna be the same from this day. As a church, we are now gonna pray. We're gonna call on his name. And I'm inviting you with your hand raised to let this be the prayer of your life. Say this with me, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died and rose again so I could be forgiven. Thank you for new life. Today, I give you mine. Thank you for making me new. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Scripture says that when just one person receives Jesus, all of heaven rejoices. Blaze Church, can we rejoice with heaven right now that is celebrating? I mean, give it your best rejoicing that God is making people new today, that you will never be the same.